Oh, give me some audio. What's the how now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? I'll accept it. The burglar was in the beef bistro. The burglar was in the beef bistro. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt, Danny, Anthony, and Big G. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 204 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news podcast for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts, I'm Matt. No Danny today. No Danny. No Danny. No Big G. He's still on Soccer Island, so maybe one day he'll come back. He'll be coaching them kids. Oh, he'll come back as soon as there's a Secret Layer Soccer Edition. Oh. Wasn't there like a big big news in the soccer world? Like some guy got traded. Yeah, something like that. I don't I don't know like from what team to team, but I know that was a big piece. Was big big star of soccer got traded to another team? Okay, like, okay. See, we're topical, and and that <laughs> voice you're hearing. <laughs> Just Anthony. Yeah. Nothing special added there. Nah, I didn't have anything, and I figured I'd just show up, you know. Yeah, showing up is half the battle. That's right. And for that, you get the title of Just Anthony. I always have the title of Just Anthony. <laughs> We're glad that you all decided to join us. You're not just our listeners. You're our listeners. Close to our hearts. Yep. T-Swift style. No. No, we do not do that. We don't break up with them, okay, and write songs about our sadness of a choice that we made yeah we'll be singing all the beautiful songs about you because you're like the beautiful people the beautiful people the beautiful people wow well we're gonna take a moment at the top of the podcast to extend a heartfelt thank you to you all you dedicated listeners of the podcast your unwavering support and enthusiasm for the show is truly inspiring to us. We are grateful for the opportunity to bring you the latest updates, insights, and discussions from the world of magic each week. Your engagement and passion drive us to continue to deliver top-notch content. Here's to many more episodes of shared excitement in the, com- in the community. Here's to many more episodes of shared excitement and community in the realm of Magic the Gathering. <laughs> that is what we call... A brain fart? No, I guess, yeah. A brain fart infarction? An aneurysm? Something. Wasn't. Well, that's an infarction. No, infarction is a stroke. It was not pleasant, that's for sure. Yeah. No, I was a little worried. Further. Do you, do you smell burnt toast? Are you okay? I think I smell feet. I hope I don't smell anything else from that chili, sir. I mean, no Gladly promises. throw you out here. I mean, there's a doorway. My butt can stick out it. You're going to go out that door. You're going to intoxicate my whole family there. You're going to poison them out. There's a door choice around here to make, okay? Yeah. Furthermore, we'd like to express our deepest appreciation to the patrons of the podcast. Their generous contributions directly contribute to the success and continued growth of the show. Their commitment allows us to maintain the quality of this content, explore new avenues to enhance the podcast experience, and pays for packs and cards for monthly giveaways. Their support isn't just financial, it's a testament to the strong bond that unites us as fellow MTG enthusiasts. So thank you, all Patreons, for being a part of the podcasting journey. 
So we give a big ginormous thank you to Wade97, Amu the Fox, Noah, Slade, Nikki, No Modifier, Jacob, Christian, Maddie K, Barra, Chimera, Casey B, Taylor M, Ricky R, Chris O, Coco, Obligatory. Go check out the Aquarium Guys podcast. And Chapman and Ranger Dan and Crazy Mage. Thank you. Thank you to each and every one of you. Uh, if you are entertained by or are enjoying the content that we are producing and you don't you don't have to be a Patreon to support us, go into the podcast app that you're using right now to rate and review us helps us tremendously because those forms of interaction elevate us on the recommendation charts for other Magic players to find. Spotify, they now have a answer a Q&A thing like, how did you like this episode? And we get notifications when that happens. Cool. So if you didn't know it, now you know. And Spotify also has ratings. But then there's like iTunes that has like the reviewing and the commenting. Like, yeah. like traditionally <clears throat> and stuff. Yeah. Honestly, that's that would be the best thing to give us. Yeah. Something like that. You I mean, if you want to give us money, like I, we always say, if you want to. Yeah. It's not, we're, we're not going to say no. We're not asking you to. We're just wanting you to just tell us how cool we are. Yeah. We're not. I was or, about to say, no, nothing's behind a paywall except for the unedited versions of the podcast. And, that's the and only that's thing. for but the it's Patreon. Like, that's, and it's like, that's, that's what it is. It's, it's whatever. And the giveaway part. But I mean, like I said, that's a, it's just a perk. Yeah, everything is it's, 100%. It's always free. a perk. And like, we always give back to our community. That's all we care about. Join the Discord. Free. Yeah, join the, it's free. Join it's the Discord, free. man. It's free. So if you are, uh, so, but easily, my favorite way that you can support us is by word of mouth. By telling your family, your friends, your playgroup, your LGS rival about us is awesome enough. I mean, or be like me, tell people randomly at gas stations to see your shirt and go, hey, that's a really cool shirt. Is that magic related? And I go, yeah, most part of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just slinging the podcast. I have a hard time with that. That's okay. That's what I'm here for. Don't worry. I got the PR part. Now, we would be remiss if we didn't mention our LGS sponsor, J-Dub Sports Cards and Gaming. Speaking of, let's hear an ad from them now. J-Dub Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. Thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. Now, with all that podcast business out of the way, let's go to the breakdown where we lay out what you're going to hear on this week's episode. Starting off, we're going to go to the event results, and we got some event results for you. going to be talking about Magic Worlds this last weekend that happened in Las Vegas. There's a lot to talk about there, and I imagine... Uh, heads up this episode is going to be very worlds based we had a little we, there's some other news that we're probably going to save until next week now is going to be like all the stuff we got out of worlds because boy howdy was there a fuck ton of stuff that came out of worlds it's true yeah. we got we got to get it out and done with so that way we can move on to the next thing so uh go to the event results talk about that maybe assault report do you have assault report i'm trying to think of the game that we played but we'll come up with that if we i did there well i didn't play with you guys there was some saltiness in your guys' game that I watched. <laughs> uh, 
what? Gonna do this quickly. Danny throwing off the flow. Danny, don't throw the flow off. But yeah, anyway, so we'll have upcoming events that we'll talk about. Uh, the news. And then from the news, we'll head on over to the Contracurrency. And I don't think we have a thought cast. So unless someone randomly thinks of something in the last or in the next like 40 minutes, I think we'll just end the show. And then you all can go home and be done with us for a week. Yeah. So we ready for this? Start it off. Let's go to the Boggle Desk. Salt Report? Salt Report. I don't have salt, but Danny clearly wanted me to talk about this. So okay. I guess I'm going to talk about it. Uh, so we had how many of us on Saturday? Like seven people? Yeah, seven Seven is what we got on Saturday. Yeah, we had seven total people for pods to play some Commander. And the first pod that I was in, of the people that showed up first, was Chris from New York, uh, Barra. Finally got to play with Barra. And then it was myself and Danny. And Chris was playing Janky Cranko. I was on my uh, Tesserator commander deck, the Silas Ren one that everyone's always confused why I don't have a partner with him. And I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> you just don't worry about that. Um, and then Barrow is playing uh, Talion, or not Talion, um, the uh, upgrade, a small upgrade precon of the fairy deck. Ty, Ty Wiley? Tigglewiley? <laughs> yeah, the that dude fairy that gives a bonus and then every Draws time cards lose a life. Yeah, every time another fairy dies, lose a life draw card. Um It's pretty good like overall. And it's got death a, touch too. It's not it's a really good it's yeah, a good it's a f- commander. Like a four mana three three with death touch? Uh four mana two three flying two, with three. death touch. Okay. But it's also lord power, so yeah. I mean it's it's fine. You it's fine. At it's this fine. point at this point, I mean they've given us enough blue black like fairy commander lords between the set and some older stuff like you you have your pick and choice of what you want i mean like like i said when i get mine upgraded and everything like i'll i'll throw that out there and try it out for people but and then danny brought rith down good old rith so rith the, not rith the redeemed rith the uh, the awakener yes rith the awakener he awakens some saplings with the, rith the redeemed came uh, was was the one that came out in dominator united right yes okay which is still pretty cool. It's a good card. It's a really good card. I hope Danny plays that in his Rith deck. He should. Yeah, I don't know. Danny, do you play Rith the Redeem in there? Yeah. Do you? But anyways. Anywho. So, uh, game was uh, pretty intense. Um, a lot of people hated out on me, which was understandable. I was playing derpy, jank-powered artifact craziness, so I can understand why people wanted me to die. Um, but no one could kill me right away, so it was okay. I just kept clawing my way back to the top always. They tried. They tried, but they couldn't do it. Poor bastards. I know. So I damnationed the board at one point, <laughs> and then I got I actually got to a point where it was really bad because I had uh, I got Darksteel Forge into play. I had Unwinding Clock and Microsynth Lattice. So like, I was, I was pretty much rocking some power of not getting out of or not being stopped. Um, and then a Psych Rift hit. And I'm like, okay, understandable. Bear plays Psych Rift. It ha- it's, you know, hits everybody. Uh, that happened, I think, right... That happened right before uh, Chris died. Because I was... I could have just killed Chris, but I was like, no, I don't want to just kill Chris. I want him to maybe like do something. If he wants to like hate on somebody, let him hate on him. 
clear that backfire. You just hate on me a little bit, even though like he should have. He sh- technically should have hated on like Danny or Bear a little bit, but it's whatever. It didn't really matter for the long run of the game for myself. But then um, Psych Rift hit. All the stuff got bounced back, whatever. I start rebuilding, and then Bear's trying to rebuild. And then Danny, of course, is at the point of where he's got so much mana. And this is me also doing it with nothing but lands. I had no mana rocks, which I said at the end of the game was just fucking terrible. Danny says he should have hated on Barra. Oh, no shit. We knew that. <laughs> we know. But he wanted to hate on me. So, anyways, like I said, I, I I did an amazing job with no mana rocks. Like, that was the craziest part. Like, I had no Grim Monolith. I had no Mana Vault. I had no Soul Ring. I had none of my smaller rocks. Toot toot. Like, toot your horn there. I'm fucking... This train was fucking powering out stuff without mana rocks. It was impressive. Uh, but, yeah. Got to the point. Uh, I ended up killing Bear off with my uh, Tezzer Master of the Bridge. Beautiful. But I just didn't have enough mana to make it work so that I could like play a couple more things and kind of get Danny. And I just looked and said to Danny at one point, I was just like, Danny, it's, it's going to be your game because you got all these fucking little dudes. And I was at one life. I, I was at five life for like four turns. Or no, I was at 10 life for three turns, four turns at five, and I was at one life for two turns in a row and not killed somehow, which I was just like thinking the whole time, like, Danny's just going to be like ping damage me somehow in some weird fucking way with his. Well, he's got red, so he yeah. can do it, you know. Yeah. I, I would assume he could. Never did. So I was just like, uh, I guess uh, still got a chance. Yeah, I was just, honestly, I was one mana short from. <laughs> I was one mana fucking short from being able to. Uh, get my um, the oh my god what the fuck is it called thousand year elixir into play oh, okay okay and then just freely drop my Kadaltha Forge Master and do a double thing where I could have like uh, I could have got it to wipe Danny's board but like I said I was just one man short I couldn't get there and I was like fuck so I lost it was okay. I, it was a lot of fun, though. Like I said, the best part of that entire game for me, though, is the fact that I just was at such low life the entire time, and I was still not dead. <laughs> like, all the way to the end, just that, to get second place. Those are one of the coolest feelings right there. Yeah. I mean, just I'm just a big threat. I get it. So I, I accept that. But, yeah, it was good. And then your guys' game. Your, uh, your game you won with uh, Red Does Blue. Yeah. That was fucking hilarious. I cannot believe I won that. Was it the first game? Was it the first game that I earthquaked? Yeah, the first game you earthquaked because yeah. uh, Chaos Goose was last place in yeah. the rotation of turns, and he was playing Yannette. Sphinx. Yeah, he was playing, he was playing Sphinx. And my issue was earthquake doesn't hit Sphinxes. I had that since like opening hand. But you just need enough damage to just kill. Yes, and, and it's somehow like thirteen. And like, what was it? He he let attacks go through on you. Yeah, he let attacks. Yeah, he let attacks go through on him. You're just like. Really? And he's like, oh, yeah, you can just do that? Yeah. Cause, really? Cause, yeah, because my thing was I had three creatures, and he had two creatures, and all I needed to do was have the 1-1. One, one. It was like I had a 3-3, three, three, a 2-2, two, two, and a 1-1. One, one. Like, he's just got to let the 1-1 one, one go through because I had yeah. enough he's mana. 11, exact, he's 11 life. Exactly mana for the 12, 12 mana to cast. Oh, no, yeah, sorry. He's a 13 of that game. It, so, the, yeah, I, yeah, I had so a 13th mana. 12. Uh, 12, 12, X is 12, 13 mana total to be able to cast the, the Earthquake yeah. to kill everybody, and I was at like 19 or whatever. 
and stuff. So like, <laughs> boom, earthquaked everybody. Second game, that was great too because I played the mono red one there as well. Oh, sorry, we do have to mention this for Danny, and he is correct. Rith, the Rith deck did rebuild three fucking times. To the surprise of nobody, Danny has like the most explosive deck. It's like it gets down. It just builds tokens. Makes, makes so many fucking tokens so goddamn quick. Like I it said, is redonkulous. If it, it would have been a different game if I had way more mana with my mana rocks and stuff, because I could survive a Psychrith or a yeah, I could survive Psychrith pretty easily. But no, he did. He did, he kept rebuilding. I like I said I had for that game. It was Damnation. I played Black Sun Zenith for seven X equals seven, and then the Psychrift hit. So yeah, there was three times for that game. So yeah, Rift deck it did. But here's the real thing though, Danny, don't quit playing that deck. It's a lot of fun. You should bring it out more often. I love Canrith and all, but KG, we we can take a break from him too. We like to see Rith once in a while. But you earthquake for the win. Fucking G- awesome. Game two was the cool one too. So I, my my commander is Dryad Ballard. Yep. And the red the, does blue. The gist of the deck is like one of the key things I do in there is I have like painter servant and like distortion glasses to turn things blue so I can like blow them up and stuff that yeah. way. <laughs> um, we're getting towards the end of the game. I can't remember the whole make, but uh, Barrow was explosive with his angels at that one. Got like uh, so much mana because he had a smothering tithe. You mean for the game two? Game two. Did you play Red Does Blue again for that one? I did, yeah. Oh, I thought because you, I thought you switched. No, I didn't because the thing was uh, how I, I remember how I won that one. Uh, the reason why I was asking was that game one or two that I earthquake because then yeah. the second one was I double to win the game. I double activated uh, Jaya. Yeah. Because of uh, whatever those uh, bracers are that came out on one of the commander decks that yep. activated ability, if it's non-mana, I could pay one and do it again. And yep, you can did, double it up. did Jaya's last one <laughs> and killed everybody. And I was like, I was at like 15 life or whatever, but everybody else was like at 12 and below. True. And so, I mean, that was nice though when you guys were playing because it did give me time that I literally have like, I think I have like seven cards left to finish up my uh, the Pantheon. My five color uh, Theros deck. Yep. So that was kind of that was nice that you guys were playing. I'm just like, uh, I'm gonna work on the deck right now because I have time to enjoy and watch. We're gonna we're gonna reiterate this here for people that don't know. Spell table does have a spectator mode. Yes. You got to go into the URL and do type in uh, back, backslash uh, forward slash or forward slash forward slash question, question mark, mark spectate equals, equals true. true. You got to make sure that equals true there. You can't just be forward slash question mark spectate you need the equals true and then you're going to be able to to spectate in but I'm, it's I'm, limited to two people though it's only limited to two. Oh. you can only have two people watching the cameras there we go did i know that so that's still pretty cool you can have six people and then if you're like in well, a discord you have friends you have friends yeah yeah you're in a discord chat you all can chat and stuff as you know everybody's watching it's or one of our discord chat you join, join ours join our discord you could play spell table with us most most of the week yes danny has it typed right in there in the chat thank you danny what what a awesomeness. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, for salt, like I said, it wasn't really salty. I do remember, though, in game two that Goose <laughs> Goose got really upset with uh, with Fluffy about the... the what, what, I understand the frustration, but at the same time, I'll also argue the point of, like, it, it goes back to the same concept. Like, if you're, if you know somebody's a threat, like, you should take care of them more in your game, as well as, like, Chris did not intentionally try to deal all the damage to him, but you know. 
Like I said, it's, if you don't want to deal with it, just fucking get rid of the problems right away or get rid of the person out of the game. That's all you can do. Take him out first. Yeah. At least it wasn't a blight steal. That's right. Wasn't a blight steal. Wasn't a blight steal. <laughs> so, but yeah. I don't know. I think that's the salt and sugar. Oh, I do have a sugar report I just want to touch on real quick outside of those commander games. I played a game of Arena against a janky 256-card opponent, no Yorion, and Explorer. I was playing my janky Rakdos scam deck, and I say it's janky. I got the I got the scam pieces. I got Kroxa and stuff. Like, Kroxa yeah. is the way, and then, like, uh, Blood Tithe Harvester. But I also have uh, Footfall Craters as one of the like Ooh. cheese ways to like give your creatures haste and trample. I have won a few games playing with that to give my Crooks a trample. Yeah, to to push through the damage. And the coolest thing is like you have five mana, uh, you escape Crooks, uh, pay the one to give it. So it comes in. Yep. They discard a card. If they don't, that's three damage. Yep. And then you attack for another three. And then when they hit that, well, it's, you attack and you're time for six, but you're gonna make them do another three just because yeah. they got so the hand empty. That's out. twelve dam- potential twelve damage for five mana. Yeah, which is pretty awesome. So they're playing some like two hundred some card deck. Yeah, two hundred. They have like Battle of Wits in that deck somehow. Uh, no, I don't think that exists in Arena. No, so why is have, it two hundred some cards? They had some like uh, Fortel and Ramp cards, and oh, their thing was um, like exiling cards from the uh, Mindstone, that new Tales End where they oh. exile for. So they're like ripping apart your deck and just out attritioning you that way is what gotcha. what the gist of the deck seems like. Uh, they also had the Fortel. Keldheim make four four angels, and that's going to be relevant here. Yeah, I was at a point where I was doing really good, and uh, my opponent exiled from my graveyard my Cauldron Familiars instead of my Croxa that was in there with um, the Mindstone. Yeah, they exi- and they had in hand the Tails End, and I had to be very careful when I was going to play that because I did have a Crox to play my Croxa because it's instant speed, and they could exile it. Yeah, and get rid of all my Croxas. And yeah, uh, I got, much. I got down. I, I was waiting. I, it was down to the rope. They foretold that battle for make angels for X foretell there. Yeah, had three angels, and uh, after I killed two with fatal pushes, I was down to four life. So next turn, the angel's gonna kill me. My opponent was at seven. <laughs> I was able to deal a lot of damage to them before they started to stabilize again. I got them down to seven. Yeah. So in hand, Croxa, and. Uh, in hand, also the uh, the wicked roll, whatever that one is, not dead yet. Yeah, yeah. had those. Yet. And I top deck the last. No, 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 I top deck the not dead yet. I had the sack outlets. No, no, did I have the sack out? Croxa was in the graveyard. I had a Croxa in the graveyard that didn't get mind stone. That's what it was. But I also had a Croxa in hand. So I uh, cast the one Croxa from hand. Let them. They had no cards in hand. Let it deal three damage to them. Okay. Or cast the Kroxa, and then I um, did the uh, can't be dead yet. Comes back. Yep. Th- they discard one card. First one, they discard one card. Okay. So then it comes back. Yep. It uh, makes them discard nothing, so they deal three. And they then lose, when it dies, yep, they lose three. another one. So that's four damage. They're down to three. Yep. And then I bring back uh, the Kroxa <laughs> and win the game there. Oof. Just barely. Just barely, because they had me dead on turn. Smoking them. I know. And it was <sighs> like, ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um um yeah there we go that's the uh, the salt report salt and sugar report salt with sugar ready to jump into the 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 world's event results oh we gotta jump into the world's okay before we go to the top eight is there anything you want to talk about like draft wise or standard day one day two should we talk let's see I'm pretty sure we can find the overall meta result here. <clears throat> 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I watched a little bit of draft. I didn't get to watch as much this weekend because I was really busy with uh, sleeping. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I so I had uh, I was watching my son on Saturday morning, and then I wasn't really. Uh, I didn't really think about doing anything with the world stuff really to watch right away because I was trying to get him to. Well, we were playing a lot, and he was just moving around the house really fast and doing his thing, you know, and getting into stuff. And then I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to have something in the background that I don't have to pay attention to too much. So, like, we watched, like, Turning Red on Disney. Good movie. I love that movie, too. It's a good movie. And we watched together. Um, uh, I should rephrase. I watched it. He just listened to the music because, you know, he's he's only one. So. I don't know. He can understand the whole thing. He, he just loves music. Able, he'll be able to write you a whole synopsis of the movie Red. Probably. Probably. I mean, he just loves, the kid loves music. Anytime music turns on, he's just bouncing around the whole time. That's all he cares about. It's but, adorable. <laughs> it's adorable to watch. But yeah, so I mean, but he was doing a lot of crawling and a lot of crawling up to stand because he's really trying really hard to figure out how to stand and walk because he really wants to, but it's putting the motor skills together. So, and uh, he's doing pretty good with it. Just, just, just takes a little time. So, but yeah, so we watched that. I watched that with him and then finally got him to <laughs> take a fucking nap. Like, I could tell he was tired, but he didn't want to go to sleep. But I finally got him to take a nap after, uh, oh no, that's right. I didn't give him a bottle because he fell asleep at me because he, he, we had just eaten at like, he had just finished a bottle around like uh, close to nine o'clock in the morning. And I was going to give him another one. And all of a sudden, next thing I know, like, as I was getting up with him to go that over to the kitchen, like, get one ready, all of a sudden I hear a little snores, and I'm like, just sit back down. So then I was watching the movie Elemental. Uh, the new one? Yeah. Okay. Haven't seen that one. Really good. Check it out. Master, my, my, it's a masterpiece. My son saw it. He liked it. Yeah. So watch that. Uh, wife got home, tried to uh, help her with uh, taking care of him because she wasn't feeling well, and trying to get her to go take a nap so she can get some sleep in, um, everything, whatever. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go do this uh, birthday party thing for my coworker. Sat down on my couch, and I was like, all right, they're meeting up at 4.15 at this one bowling place. I'm going to meet them there. It's 3.40. I'm just going to sit here on the couch, just close my eyes a little bit, just uh, kind of just relax. 7 o'clock. <laughs> Time flies. Time flies. <laughs> time flies. I went into a time machine. Flew away. So I didn't get to watch none of this stuff. So I was reading a bunch of it on the Sunday and today at work when I had some minor downtimes in my lunch break. So draft-wise, it looked really cool. I think it was enjoyable to watch the archetypes and what I did read about and see. Not really 100% and everything for that. And then for deck-wise, um, biggest highlight of decks that I thought was the coolest fucking deck that I saw was the Golgari mid-range. Because they run... That has, that has the card that you were all giddy about from Eldraine here. One of them, yeah. The the Mosswood. Mosswood? Mosswood Dread Knight. Yeah, Mosswood Dread Knight. And the other big thing in that deck, too, that's really awesome, is Blossoming Turtle, or Tortoise. Yes. That thing... Oh, I was watching one match of that being played, and I was just like... That card does some work. I fucking love this card. Some legit leg work on what that can do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's like a backbreaking card, but I think it's really cool. You know, four mana allows you to ramp, and then it actually makes it where um, creature lands are important. 
Mm-hmm. And I think right now, technically in standard, because the uh, rotation's been pushed so much, like we can get a lot more good like creature lands to last inside of something where this actually is relevant. Right. So, and a green X land deck with important creature lands, you know, maybe we'll get like a form of uh, prime time in standard with lands matter because of this guy. Exactly. The <laughs> that, one thing that's speculation. Don't the one take thing that I'll note bank. is like the. The match I watched was like round four, um, but I was kind of confused because I saw a Dark Slick Shores in the dude's deck, and I couldn't find out why he needed a Dark Slick, like the blue man in there at all. Not even sideboard-wise? No. That, I was looking through everything, couldn't find nothing. Okay. Well, maybe we'll get to that when we get to the deck lists. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. might as well continue with what we got. So uh, one thing I want to note on the draft, uh, it, was, it, would ha- it has been reported on that this kind of like cements the fact that uh, Eldrain, Wilds of Eldrain is a good draft format. People were very ha- happy about it, the balance of it, very exciting, and people after the fact are saying, you know, draft is good. So, now, the big part that people mattered for is standard. Standard. We had uh, 10 rounds of standard to top eights. It was uh, three draft each day and five rounds of standard each day. It's a good thing Chris doesn't watch it right now. He'd get all excited. I just want to belt up. <laughs> I just need to take my belt off. I've been wearing it all day. It's cutting to my fat. I don't like it. So 105 players came to Worlds, and the meta, the range of decks, the meta of the decks coming there, we had 20 Esper mid-range decks, which was just about 20% of the field. So this is very interesting, that the Esper mid-range in the last few weeks has been growing a lot more compared to the Legends version. Yeah, I think the breakdown just comes like it can attrition out a little better because the Esper Legends matter on the creatures more than like... Yeah, the, but the Esper mid-range doesn't have like much... It's a little different. It has some spells, but the point is, it's just, it's weird. I think it was just, like you said, you're right on that part of it, but like, I don't know, it's just kind of weird. Yeah, so Esper mid-range, top of the meta, yep, 19% of the field. Next up significantly 10% less mono red aggro 10 decks 9.5% of the field this has lightning strikes and kumano faces kakazan as yep. like two highlighted cards from this breakdown esper legends as we were just talking about the thing with esper legends is you have cards like thalia uh, thalia guardian of thraben and plaza of heroes that was at nine decks 8.6% of the meta field domain ramp 8.6% of the field nine decks there as well uh, Topiary Stomper and Leyline Binding there, getting all the triomes into play to help reduce the cost of uh, those Domain Matters cards. And it decks 7.6% of the field, which is the Kulgari Midrange deck with Mosswood Dread Knights and Glissa Sunseeker here. That's uh, Anthony's all giddy about. Yeah. Next up, we have seven Mono White Human decks, 6.7% of the field. Seven Rakdos Reanimator decks, 6.7% of the field. Again, uh, that one has Atraxa Grand Unifier and Cruelty of Gix to like cheat out big stuff. And then with it, the Mono White Humans, Copper Coat Vanguard, and Adeline Resplendent Cathar. Then we have Esper Control, five decks, 4.8% of the field, with Memory Deluge Sunfall as like the key pieces of draw cards, blow up things. And then the final decks of note is Azorius Soldiers, four decks, three point eight percent of the deck. So Harbin oh, Vanguard. That was that was the other one I was excited. I was excited to see 
show up actually too. Azari soldiers. I was like, fuck yeah. It's an aggressive deck. It's cool. And it looks really good. And then the rest of the field, the other 26 decks. So 24.8% other, which ranges from a whole bunch of cards, if I'm not mistaken. I think there's one, yeah, one Demir Fairies, one Band Control, one Rakdos Breach, one Azorius Control, one Sultai Fairies, one Simic Cauldron, one Domain Control, one Five Color Reanimator, one Azorius Tokens, and one Rakdos Burn. I'll be honest with you. I'm very sad that that uh, Mono Blue Cauldron deck didn't make it in. I need to look up what that's one about. I think it's the Simic Cauldron deck, actually, where it's like they have training grounds to reduce the cost of Cauldron and other activated abilities. I'll tell you right now, the fact that training grounds is in stand right now is making me consider a really interesting blue-red artifacts deck. Speaking of getting into standard, there's an article that was dropped about the revitalization of standard for LGSs. I don't know if we'll have time to talk about that this week. We'll probably talk about that next week because that just dropped today. We'll highlight it now. Come back next week. Join us next week as we cover this kind of news. Yes. You're guaranteed to be here then next week because of that. No ifs, ands, or buts. Okay. (laughs) I might be late, but I'll show up if I have to. So, yeah, a bunch of different decks there. Very healthy-looking healthy looking uh breakdown i was gonna say this 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 standard looked amazing like there wasn't anything in there that granted like in the esper mid-range and esper legends is pretty powerful but like even still like the the variety though is it's there you know it's really enjoyable to see the variety of stuff oh that was the simic one i remember yeah. that now because i remember listening about that yeah so quick, quick update uh, here with the simic cauldron it's sleep curse fey with agatha soul cauldron because you can then untap whatever creature the, it's the kami that came out of march machine whispered Hopes. yes that guy where you add mana make a big ton of mana well you can go infinite with it and then you go ham by doing some crazy shit yeah because you have because uh, what isn't like the kami like all about you got to get it's uh, well, if, how many plus one counters are on it? Yeah, put a plus if one or more plus one counters are put power. onto a permanent you control, that plus mini plus one is put on its head. So, Ozolith, no, um, scales, hardened scales, yeah, it's, Har- it's, hardened it's scales, like effect, hard then, scales then you tap add X mana of any one color where X is Kami of Whisper because, because you put a plus one plus one counter from the cauldron, right? Yep, but then you're actually putting two on there. So then what you do is you go infinite because it only costs two mana to untap it with the fairy's ability. It costs one mana No, if you have training grounds out. Okay, if you have training grounds. But we're not going to worry about training grounds. We're just going to say if you don't have training grounds, it costs two. So, But you're making three mana though when you tap it. Yeah. Because its power is three. So the point is, either way, with training grounds, without training grounds, you don't need it. But if you had training grounds, it's even more mana. But, I mean, you're, like I said, you're still going to go infinite and make whatever fucking mana you want. So yeah, you got that, or also Omen Hawker, which is another tap, add two mana, add spend this mana to only activate abilities and yeah. stuff. So yeah, a couple ways, and it doesn't really say like what the big thing is to go off there. And I'm guessing we'll find the list as soon as we get to the list. Yeah, but anyways, no, that's a pretty cool deck. It's hard to get there, but it's pretty cool. It is uh, <laughs> from this article here. Uh, fr- uh, written by the amazing Frank Karsten, it is highlighted that the metagame features dozens of different uh, deck types, but black mid-range strategies remain the dominant standards. Go for the throw, cut down, shield the apocalypse. All highly intense cards. But looking at the metagame here, you know, you see it in Esper mid-range, you see it I in mean, Esper legends. 
you'd see it in Gugarian mid-range shield right there. But you still have mono red. You have domain ramp. I mean, even on the back end, there's still a lot more white-based decks That's even. True. Fun fact. Uh, did you see that someone posted in one of the Facebook groups that they actually had a, whatever that big petition site is, like Sign Me, where you petition to have change, change.org. Yeah. Uh, someone had a petition to ban Shieldred from standard. <laughs> it was on a big. It was on a big uh, fa- Magic Facebook group. There's like Good four. There's like 450 laughing emojis <laughs> on the post that they made, and there was I only mean, 20 people. They can try. There was only 20 people that signed the petition in standard. Uh, Memorize is saying, where do I find the format being played on tour? Because I'm up in Canada. Only a few months ago, we had a Pioneer RCQ, and now it is standard in uh, Vegas, and I'm hearing modern RCQ is coming. I'm confused. Yes, so breakdown of seasons right now. Uh, Staying up to date with the seasons is definitely a little confusing. So right now, the regional championship, which is coming up in December at DreamHack, it was the RCQ was Pioneer to then go to play in standard because that's the last pro tour event that happened. The RC follows the last, but the RCQ that we're in is modern because that's for the pro tour coming in 2024 leading up to the RC there. Yeah. So there's uh, multiple different ways to play your formats there. Yeah. As right now it's, that's the main rotation, and I don't know. Like they haven't really said anything about making standard yet. The they, they or have they? That, that that was in the article that was announced today that we're going to be talking about next week of how okay. they're going to be re- revitalizing standard so we'll at the local game store level to try and to so get we're to that be point saying, of rotation. Yeah. Okay. I mean that's fine. But as of right now though, we're just pioneer or modern really. Yes, and you know, and then of course all your. Uh, all your stores too have the option that they have RCQs going. They have the option to go with draft. Draft. Yeah, draft well, is always an option sealed. or whatever. Is it sealed? It's sealed and drafts top eight. That's oh, how they always okay. do it. There we go. But that's if they don't want to do what the format is for that season, their option is to auto to a sealed to draft. So currently, memorize. It is the RCQ season for modern when you play in the RCQ leading to the 2024 Pro Tour. Right now, the standard event that is happening is going to be for DreamHack in December, which is what all these last RCQs led up to. Yes. So uh, I guess you don't necessarily have to worry about standard. I mean, you got to worry about standard, I guess, if you want to just like learn the cards, play the cards and stuff. <laughs> you want to be a top dog. You got to know about standard now. But modern and... Coming back with a vengeance. Did they, did they say what the uh, RC and the... 2020 i don't think they announced like what the format is for pro tour the first pro tour of 2024 is yet no okay they haven't yet we're just we're just in a modern rcq season and we'll, we'll find i out think they'll say the more year, yeah Q4. towards the end of the year or beginning of january too yep yep so and to find out all that news stick with us here at this week in mtg we will give that to you weekly yeah so let's continue on yeah after. so cards that are played a lot of black cards. Yes. Well, of course. I mean, they're good cards. But hey, there's and some other cards on the top right there. Yeah. So the most played cards coming from Wilds of Eldraine. Again, this is like the, the leading into meta of worlds. This is so when there's 105 players, we're going to just lightly cover this, and then we're going to jump into top eight because yeah. that's where the meat and potatoes is. So 
Prominent cards, Virtue of Persistence, which is the black virtue, which a lot of people are very hyped about. A sorcery I, it's a speed, good card. Neg three, neg three, gain two life. It's a solid two drop kill spell. It's yeah. like, it's kind of like a, a, a lightning gives, strike, but gains you life. I wouldn't even call it a lightning strike. I would just call it like a slow. It's most comparable to like uh, Bioblight. I was going to say that Hunger one that came out in Ixalan originally. Oh, two, yes. But that was, no, that's that was, Nate 2, Nate 2, though. Yeah. Nate 2, Nate 2, gain 2 life, and it's instant speed. Yeah. I mean, this one is, this one has to be sorcery just because you have the virtue on it, the actual enchantment side, which is more important. Yeah. So that does, but at the beginning of your I, upkeep, put a creature from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. And it costs 5 and 2 black, so it yeah. is expensive. Yes. But putting a creature into play, though, from your graveyard is pretty important. Any graveyard. From oh, a oh, graveyard. Sorry. Yes, any graveyard yeah. is why this is a seven mana you can You can hit your opponent's attract set. You can hit your opponent's Rafine. You can take whatever the fuck you want and just get mm-hmm. it after it. This is like a control <clears throat> player's like wet dream for like a f- top-end finisher because it in plays well. standard of Pioneer, this is definitely a card to play. Yes. This it is, plays well in the beginning <laughs> with the two-drop removal. This is, not, this is not a modern or vintage or legacy type card. Try me. <laughs> I'll make a modern deck. You go ahead. How many things are you going to kill that are going to have that? For neg three, neg three? What are you going to kill? Here's Sorry. Here's a better question, Matt. Besides mono black coffers, which has better options for seven mana, what is your goal? What is your game plan that, to get there? And I, how are you going to fight through force negations and other spells that are important, counter spells and stuff like that? How are you going to get there? You know what I'm going to bring back with this? Nothing. You know, you want to know? A, a weak solitude? No, even better. The almighty brushwag. <laughs> oh, after you get this griefed out of your hand, right? Yes. See, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's, I'm playing 4D chess to these motherfuckers. Shut up. Anyways, uh, Virtue of Loyalty, the white one, which was used a lot in the white decks there. Uh, makes a good. makes a knight with vigilance, and at the beginning of your end step, you get to put a plus one counter on each creature you control and untap those creatures. Instant two mana weapon, and then turns into a five mana enchantment. That is powerful. So uh, the virtue of persistence, ninety seven copies. Yep. Uh, eighty four main deck, thirteen sideboard. Virtue of loyalty, sixty eight copies. All main, main deck, deck, none sideboard. Next up, Lord Skitters, Sewer King. You'll catch him in probably the mid-range of Esper and Legends as well. Yep. Uh, 59 total, 53 in the main deck, 6 in the side. Relentless Cottage. Restless Cottage, man. Restless Cottage. I wish it was Relentless. That'd be kind of hilarious. All in the main board, 52 Ooh. copies here. And this was the... That the, version looks sick as fuck. This is the gist for the... Uh, whatchamacallit? This, this, is, this is a part of the Lugari mid-range powerhouse combo. Yeah. So this this is a good card. It's a, it's nothing super special. It's four mana for a four four beater, but with the tortoise, you're getting a five five and also costs you three mana or less. Okay. Then we have Gothic Cloated Cloaked Reveler. You skipped one. Mossward Dread Knights. You got to talk about yep. my boy. Yeah, the boy. the The card that we're all kind of like, yeah, this is a solid card. Mossward Dread Knight and. The fairy tale frame makes it look pretty badass. I kind of like that one a lot. It's uh, not as menacing though as like the other picture for it, the original art, but it's enjoyable because you see all the moss on them and leaves, and you're like, oh, 
It kind of gives me a uh, Voice of Resurgence esque pose. Ooh, there. Yeah. 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 A dark version. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, forty-four copies, all in the main. Gothic coated, rep cloaked, rep coated. Why am I saying coated? Cloaked. Well, he is coated. All right, he's got his cloak on. It's a very good-looking cloak. Forty, all main. Charming scoundrel. Thirty-seven, all main. Land. Restless forest. Thirty-two. Fortress. Fortress. <laughs> can't speak today i just cannot speak today <laughs> it happens and yeah look it up here one thing up the beanstalk prominent card that everybody loves talking about only 21 copies 15 in the main and six in all sideboards yeah standard doesn't have a lot of big five drops Uh, Blossoming Tortoise, 21. So, yeah, these are all the cards that were of prominence that came out in, uh, surprisingly, a good chunk of cards. From, standard. Uh, from Eldraine? Yeah, from Eldraine showing up in standard here being significant. I like it. It's awesome. I like the mono red stuff you see, too. And to note, too, that uh, Godric is really good, too, because the whole idea of, like, you get a 4-4 dragon all of a sudden out of them and fire breathing for celebration, like... I know he's a 3-3, but that's kind of a big. Yeah, that's uh, on rate-wise. Yeah. Really good, and especially aggressive for modern decks. Does he gain flying, though? Yeah, flying. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. Like, to go above above your opponents and then give it fire-breathing, like, why the fuck not? Of course. So, so. yeah. That's the uh, the overall metagame leading up. 105 players, all the decks there, so now talk about the highlights of the top eight going to top eight going to top eight sunday <clears throat> we had the top eight consisting of reduke playing domain ramp mm-hmm. which is very surprising he wasn't playing gogari mid-range because he is a very jund s slash yeah. the rock style player he is that is what he's known for he he, he so. junds him out I'm. I mean, like, I'm not. I'm not disappointed. I mean, like, I mean, this awesome. is kind of. This is. It's a very. It's. It's a similar play style. I just like I said. I just. I'm shocked that he didn't. Well, I don't know. How often do you watch like Reduke streams? Because Reduke streams are one of the ones that I like to watch, just because it's Reduke. I'm a. I'm a Reduke yeah. fanboy and stuff. There's so it's like see, seeing him play a bunch of different different decks is always fun. Oh, watching him play the Vintage Cube was very fun when that was. Yes. Uh, Simon Nielsen, Azorius Soldiers, Kazun Kasaka. Esper Midrange, Lorenzo Terlizzi, Esper Midrange, Anthony Lee, Golgari Midrange, Greg Orange, Bant Control. And to note, that was the only Bant Control deck in the entire 105, and he made top eight with it. Oh, was that? Yep. God damn. Well, it's, was, Gre- it's Greg Orange. I was Orange. waiting. It was Greg Orange, Control Specialist. I know, Control Specialist, but I'm the saying. Citrus Killer. I'm just saying, I was waiting the whole time while you are reading off all the deck lists. I was like. Here we go. We're waiting for Top Eight to tell Matt this cool little note. I yeah, I missed that note there. That uh, the band control. We had Wiley, uh, Willie Edel, Willie Edel, Domain Ramp, and do we do we just like do we put the cart before the horse here? John yeah. Emmanuel De Praz, yeah, playing Esper Legends. Legends, yeah, took home worlds. He took it. Fucking took home worlds. But he had a slugfest to get there. It wasn't no easy thing. No, for sure. You know, because we had it where you look at the quarterfinals. You had Reed Duke versus Anthony Lee. Anthony Lee prospered out on Golgari midrange against Reed Duke 3-2. to two. Uh, You had Jean versus Greg Orange 3-2. to two. 
Jean Course Esper Legends Bank Control, Kazun versus Willie Edel, who had three to one with Esper Red Range over Domain Ramp. Uh, Simon Nielsen dominated a 3-0 game against Esper Midrange with his Azorius Soldiers. Holy shit, that was great to see that. <laughs> but then you have another midrange fight. So then he got he got 3-0'd <laughs> by Kazun. <laughs> and then also Anthony Lee got 3-0'd by uh, Jean-Emile Depraz. And then, of course... Uh, you have Jean Emmanuel Depraz taking it 3-0ing over Kazun, Esper Legends versus Midrange. And that's the thing. That's the breakdown I'll say right now that um I for people like I know like I'm not a big standard player, but like knowing the two different types of decks, the Legends deck is and like this is something I was listening to, like some random things where the Legends decks is much more prominent against your mid-range deck because you have just so many threats across the board like you know you're running you're maxing out your shield slots you're maxing out your um are you in the mid-range deck yeah i was looking at the mid-range yeah i mean like you just you have so many threats inside of this deck like that's the crazy part about it like legends has like just everything just poof 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 it has over double the creatures mid-range has 13 creatures and legends has 29 because i mean they're trying to do all the things they can with their their uh slots you know i mean like you have virtue of loyalty you have wedding announcement i mean but both decks have wedding announcement. But the problem is like go go for the throats really good. Make disappear is a good good card, but cut down is probably one of the biggest downfalls in the matchup because majority of the Esper Legends deck and even in the mid range deck, a lot of those go above the threshold for five. Yeah, the closest that you got for Esper Legends is you got uh, Fairy Mastermind, Skrell that can get hit pretty quickly, Rona, Denik. But then, uh, well, I mean, Thalia. I mean, Thalia, but then you're also doubling mana on Thalia. Yep. And then, like, Lord Skitter, you can't hit because he's a 3-3. Three, three. Rafine, after one connive trigger, which most likely they're not going to be dropping that unless they got the connive But he also it. has Ward 1, so once again, he's just like Thalia. It's making that extra mana. Like, it's pushing it's pushing the limits on what you can do. You don't really care about Urtai because it's such a, like, Urtai's your, your killer, so, like, mm-hmm. you don't really care about that. So, like I said, it's this is that part of the deck where, like, Legends is so much stronger than mid-range because that... Now, I'm not saying mid-range is a bad deck. Mid-range is a really good deck. Like, to have the ability to kind of slot yourself into two different roles all the time is nice and have your backup stuff and not have to wait for sideboard all the time, which is helpful. But between the two and the fight, like like I said, this is powerful. Now, a really big thing that is really powerful about the two deck types as well, though, and the number one thing is Denic Pious Apprentice. Yes. He is just a hammer at shutting down graveyard shenanigans. You know, which is a, a big thing for a lot. You got decks. Especially that, Cauldra. The Cauldron's decks are just done. They can't do anything. A lot of uh, the other Esper tech, the Esper control, you know, like Memory Deluge yeah. getting getting stopped Can't there. play his spells. The, um, the reanimator that attracts a reanimator with uh, Cruelty of Gix. Yeah, shuts that down as well. And I can say this is like I played Esper Legends last year, and that dude fucking does some work. So and like they they maximize. I mean, usually in the in the mid range deck, they're also a three three to four copies total for the deck. So like this deck has four, which is good to see that because it's powerful. But like yeah, it's <laughs> these two deck are, these two archetypes are really really fucking good. But then again, like I said, the other ones that are in the top eight that we had too though like. 
You had Azaria Soldiers, Golgari Midrange, Domain Ramp. Yeah, that's oof. Is there anyone you want to start with then uh, of the top eight? Oh, uh, go we, ahead. Let's just start with soldiers. Start with soldiers. Okay. I mean, we, Simon we, Nielsen's we get, soldiers here. We get the Esper midrange and the and the Esper legends, so we don't need to talk too much about those. But we got that. So let's talk about this. Well, first off, we're going to say that the uh, the tagger is wrong here on the website. <laughs> when you're hovering over Knight Errant of Eos, it's showing you Finn the Fang Bear. I mean, maybe Finn just snuck in there somehow. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> oh god. New new card that can you know is yep. a pretty solid card. Werefox Bodyguard from Wilds of Eldraine. It is a knight, and when it enters the battlefield, exile up to one target non-fox creature until where Fox Bodyguard leaves, and then you can sack it and gain two life. It's also got flash and it's a two-two. It so. is yeah, a three mana two-two flash to remove a creature. Very good. The fact that I mean, I don't know, soldiers doing soldier things, where it's like yep. you have this flash. Uh, resolute reinforcements where it's making another cardboard. So two mana for two uh, power on board, but two different soldiers. And then uh, Zephyr Knight to pump your guy up here. Harbin. I think Harbin is like the big thing. Whenever you attack with five or more soldiers, creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain flying to He's turn. So he's the big part. He's the lord S card for the deck that's really important. Gives you evasion as well. And the way that you're pumping out tokens here. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, Regal Bunnycorn in there, which is awesome. Which is the what people call like the semi-white Tarmogoyf. I don't know, man. It makes a body. Think about it. It's not bad. I mean, you know, it gets power and toughness for each. What is it? Permanent, non-land per- permanent, non-land permanent. My thing is, you had like uh, right of pre- precinct six, which was black one, and it was equal to the number of cards in your opponent's graveyard. Like same cost. Or is I it know. just creatures? I think it's just, just creatures. Just creatures. Okay. See, this is where it's so better. You had, you had a couple other things that are like two drop, like X star stars. It's okay, man. If you don't want to run it, you could always add yourself some more Yoshin Frontiers or Werefox bodyguards, you know? It's okay. Or, I mean, they probably run a full playset of a, the Virtues. None. None? What? None in this one. Well, there you go. Now you have a replacement. Put but the I mean, virtues in. I mean, you got a uh, wedding announcement. Well, I'm not going to argue against fucking Simon goddamn Nielsen here. Sounds like you want to. And their decision. You're arguing about a bunny corn. Uh, no, I'm just saying in the grand scheme of bunny corn. Like, bunny corn here works well. You're making a lot of tokens. It's going to be good here. But people comparing it to a Tarmogoyf, that's where I have a problem with it, I'd say. But anyway. <laughs> it's not the Tarmogoyf. It's just like Tarmogoyf. Cool thing is they get to play the fortified beach, uh, beachhead here, which is yeah. the soldier uh, land that you pay five and soldiers you control get plus one plus one till end of turn. I don't know how often that came up, but it's uh, a it's a dual colored land that doesn't damage you. Well, I mean if you're flying over, you're getting some more damage. Yeah, bunnycorn is... and Boros convoke is fun. Yes, dude, Boros convoke. That's where it's kind of like. Yeah, and that's it, it the whole you, point of the ranger. It gives you a top end at the end there for cheap, you know. So that way it's like, okay, Boros Convoke, just dump out all of this shit here, and then all of a sudden I got a big, big bunny corn on the back end. And of course, Finn the Fang Bear. That's not Finn the Fang Bear. That's where you get all that power from. That that as well. The uh, Herald, the Ranger, Ranger, not Herald. Yeah. Next up, the Golgari Mid Range here oh, with yeah. uh, Blossom and Tortoise, Glissa Sunslayer. Graveyard Trespasser, Bramble Familiar. Bramble Familiar is really good. Yeah, it's the little raccoon elemental here. Where <laughs> it's uh, you mill seven, you get to put a creature enchantment or a land from among the milled cards onto the battlefield. 
and it's just a two-drop uh, mana dork there in the early games. Misery yeah. Shadow, Mosswood Dread Knights, and Sentinel of Lost Lore, new card that came out in Wilds of Eldraine. ETBs choose one or more. Return target card you own in exile that has an adventure on it to your hand. Put target card you don't own in exile that has an adventure on it at the bottom of its own library or exile target player's graveyard. I mean, what's not to like about it? Yeah, it's a three mana to do a lot of good things. Yeah. I mean, primarily if you have adventures. And the thing here is that it grabs the Bramble Familiar. It allows you to play around with that and the Moss Ward Dread Knight. Yeah, I think that's like the key. It's it's just a piece. There. It's a piece that helps with playing around those when you don't want to uh, utilize their abilities to get them out of the adventure zone so much. Um, but yeah, Blossoming Tortoise, great ramp spell. Best part about them too is you can grab any land from your graveyard, mm-hmm. so like you don't have to grab something from the three you milled over. Uh, activate abilities, Mishra's Foundries being one of the good man lands in there. Yep, you now have a tap it make your other foundry a 4-4. Four, four. Right, or just activate yours for one. One, yeah. I mean, whatever the fuck you want to do, like I said. And then, of course, the top end, um, uh, man land or uh, creature land, wherever you want to go with, Restless Cottage. Like I said, it, it goes from being two green black to one green black for a 4-4, four, four, but it becomes a 5-5 five, five because he gives all the... And creates a creature food lands. and exiles up to one target card from a graveyard. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I guess that. The that, food. Yeah, that, I got that attack trigger there. The food. So I think I know the answer to this, but I just want to confirm. Well, you Bloss- got to go down. There's still some more cards uh, here. Blossoming Tortoise. Yes. It does not reduce the channel costs for Takanuma or Basaiju who endures because those are, because um, you do them from your hand. D- does it reduce the cost of them? If you. What does it say, Matt? Activated abilities of lands you control cost one less to activate. Since it's not a control because it's in your hand, it doesn't reduce the cost, right? Does it reduce the cost? Yeah. Oh, shit. It does because that's that's an activated ability on the land. Okay. Uh, I just thought because of the part where it's you control, it needs to be on the battlefield. I will double check it, but I'm a pretty, pretty certain it is. If that's the case, that's pretty fucking I mean, cause there's, there's a, because you can pithy needle someone's channel lands. That's a big thing. Oh yeah, because it's an activated ability. It's of the an land. activated ability, but I th- my it's, thing is that the thing is you control. Yeah, but you're still when you channel though, it's still utilizing the activated ability of that land. It's I not guess, saying spell. I guess it's one of those things like when the proper way to play a spell is you put you you announce the spell, put it on the stack, you do your uh, you do your adjustments like if there's taxes reductions, yep. which this would then be checked and then you pay. But that's for spells now for activated abilities. It's of same, lands. It's the same thing for like activate. But those but those no, no, I know. to do to do it yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, to do to, to I know what you're saying. To do the Besaju, you do the thing. It's like I present <clears throat> that I am doing Besaju's channel. Yep. Cost additions, cost reducers, and then you pay. So if that's the case, then that's pretty cool. I did not realize that. And I guess maybe I didn't see if there was any discussion about that, or I just completely missed it or ignored it. One of the two. If that's the case, the Boston Tortoise is just like really sick the fact in my head of like having like a simic kind of tortoise deck to reduce the cost of otawara i'm all for it because i love otawara that is a good fucking land while he is looking up that there's also oh no it doesn't because so the main part is uh it's the um because when control when they reference control for the ability um, control means things in play. 
Okay, so I was right. Yeah, so you're Woo! right. Okay, but which I mean, still though, it's still pretty good. Uh, th- don't does not discredit the blossoming tortoise at all. No, powerful card, really no. good. It doesn't work the way w- that. But if you had thought. something that said uh, a general sense thing like lands lands activate abilities are reduced by one, that affects it. Training grounds. I mean, I'll look it up for you if you like me to. <laughs> I would like you to, because that'd be cool. That's more cheeky and stuff with that, but maybe the uh, the mono blue cauldron training ground decks. That's the first most looked up thing, I guess. Oh, is it? Training grounds and channel lands. Mm-hmm. Well, here we I'm, are. We're I'm, learning not only uh, about uh, worlds interaction, but we're learning about other interactions. All right, continue reading the stuff in this thing. Okay, so... Other cards in here, we have a Gix Command, two Duress, three Liliana the Veil, once a modern all-star, now becoming a standard all-star? Question mark? Hey. It's a good card. She's She was a standard all-star when she first came out, so I mean, she's just going to reclaim her old, her old position, you know? It's very true. We, modern changed, so now she's like, I'm back in standard. This is another new format that I'm allowed to, or new format. I mean, it's new in the sense of it's coming back, finally. Yep, yep. But... This is a format I can reclaim again, so might as well. Yeah, and rightfully so. Then this is one of the decks that have the virtue of persistence in here. For the longest time, I called it Ottawa, <laughs> the Soaring City, because I did Ottawa, not. Ottawa. It's okay. We got you, man. Words gonna, are hard. I'm going to call it Ottawa now. Autobound. So yeah, the uh, that is the Kulgari mid-range from Anthony Lee, do you want to look at the domain ramp or the band control first here? Let's go. Let's save the band control for last since it was the only copy. Okay, Reduke, to exist in this whole tournament. Redukes domain ramp. It has attracts a grand unifier, uh, archangel of wrath, Ooh, and toporary stomper here as like the uh, creature package. Um, invasion of Zendikar, which is great because it ramps it ramps you lands and turns into a creature. Yes. Herd Migration. This one, for Domain, you get to make beasts uh, for each basic land type among lands you control, so you can get five 3-3 three, three beasts for seven, and you can do that, right? Jetmir's Zeotora, so there's yeah. green, red, white. Where's the blue? Island. Single Spyro. island here. Spyro's Headquarters. So yeah, you can get it all for seven mana, which is no problem to cast. And just discarding this, search your library for a basic land card, real put in your hand. So it allows you to get more lands. allows you to get the single of a island or the two planes and stuff here. Yeah. Uh, Courier's Briefcase enters the battlefield, makes a body, tap, sack it, add one mana of any color, and then you can pay five, tap, sack it, draw three cards. This was a card that got a lot of talk, I know, off and on in the uh, matches and stuff about being like a real big workhorse for this domain deck just because of like what it does. Is it primarily it makes a body and then what just adds I one think, anything in color? I think that was kind of a part of it, but like the late game part of it of just like being able to have something sit on the field and allow you to just go draw three cards real easy. That is true. Yeah. I think that's kind of the part that like they were looking at a lot of the time. Also, it is a treasure too. So I mean, like, there's also strategies behind if you need a treasure for something, you have a treasure. This is one of the decks, the domain, that loves up the beanstalk because Leyline Binding, Virtue of Persistence, attracts a Grand Unifier. Uh, yeah, I mean, like... Herd Migration, you, Sunfall. You have a lot of cards that allow you to... 
Wait, wait, go back over Sunfall. Yeah, it's not that same same, <laughs> same issue. Oh! We got Fiera, judges of Va- Judge of Valor. I mean, she's above five mana too. She's above, she's above five mana. So I mean, but it's not a Sunfall. <laughs> it's not a Sunfall. <laughs> oh, fuck. But yeah, Atraxa just grabs you so many cards. Atraxa's uh, Grand Unifier is a card that. I don't know. We're going to be seeing play. It, it sees so it sees play in Pioneer. It's seeing play in Standard. It grabs you so many cards, and it's just a beat stick that you can cheat out no problem. It's an ETB, and I think that's what got a lot of people hyped about it. Let's talk about the next domain ramp from uh, Willie Edel. Willie Edel. Willie Edel. Their thing is they have a Chrome Host Seed Shark in the creature slot there. Which is powerful. Anissa Ascended Animist. Yep. Cut down on the four more herd migrations to three. And then just kind of works around there. Ossification is one of the la- uh, one of the removal spells, but yeah, allowing the uh, the Chrome Host Seed Shark, which is pretty good because that's non-creature spells that you get uh, incubate token. And for again, Inc- everything being yeah, and Chrome Host is all about you get incubate tokens equal to the size of the non non uh, creature spell you cast. Yeah, like Virtue of Persistence being seven or Leyline Binding being seven or six. Yeah, I mean that's her migration nice. being seven. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. I mean, they did well enough to get into the top eight. We're going to talk about uh, Lorenzo Terlizzi Terliz- and, and their Esper mid-range deck here, which is a little bit. Know, they have a little bit more compared to the other. This one has the virtue of loyalty. Well, they also run Fairy Mastermind, so like their creature pace is a little bit stronger. No, the, the other one had Fairy Mastermind too. Did it? Yes. The one from Kazoon had. No, oh, it didn't. did not. They only had four four so options. It, it they, was fairy, fairy Mastermind was a legend deck. That's yeah. what I was thinking. My bad. So the, the, yeah. the uh, Lorenzo yeah. mid range has a bit more, a bit more, a little bit harder, a little bit less on the Lord Skitter, a little bit less on Shieldred. I don't know if that's the right call, but that's my opinion, I guess. I mean, it didn't get him in the top two, so Fairy Mastermind's kind of. Holding back. I don't think Fairy Mastermind is a bad choice. It's a good card. I, I love like that card. I'm just a blue mage that loves drawing more <gasps> cards. I know. And then they got Shieldreds out there that just stop us. <laughs> All right. And then we're going to talk about Mr. Greg Orange. The 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 hype deck here. So, hype deck. Starting off. <laughs> Horned Lock Whale. I love this. Four blue blue <laughs> for a 6-6 six, six flash ward two whale that uh, when it enters the battlefield tapped unless it's your turn. And then it has Lagoon Breach for blue one instant. The owner of target attacking creature you don't control puts it on top or bottom of their library. Holy fuck, that alone is really cool. Yes. Uh, Wandering Emperor, your typical control utility knife here that makes bodies and gets rid of things. Uh, Lay Down Arms, exile a creature with mana value less than or equal to the number of planes you control. A controller gets their controller gets three life, and the amount of planes here is you got the Rafine's Tower, Spara's Headquarters, and Jetmir's Garden. So you got a lot of the double. Yeah, so he he utilizes a lot of the um, the tricycle lands to and hit, six planes as yeah, well to hit all basic his, planes. Uh, abilities for lay down arms real easy i mean it's nothing wrong with that idea that's pretty smart i mean if you're gonna play control like you might as well play some of these you know extra uh what do you call extra duels essentially Mm -hmm. you turn them into so 
Leyline Binding up the Beanstalk, four of here. And I mean, it works really well to draw cards. And it works very well with like when you can build X yeah, spells, X spells like March of Otherworldly Light and Syncopate. 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 Yeah. I love me a syncopate. Oh, this makes me think of like old standard back in Ra- Return to Ravnica time. That's where I first saw this card. I was like, yep. oh, this is a great card. Theros, <laughs> original Theros and Return to Ravnica block. Oh, that was such a good time for control. I miss those days. <laughs> Single broker's, broker's charm. That's really cool. I like the broker's charm. So Bant instant target creature you control gets plus one plus oh till end of turn. It deals damage equal to his power to target creature or planeswalker in opponent controls. Destroy an enchantment or draw two cards. Very versatile in the meta that we're in right now. Yeah, and especially for a control deck here. So they're just is just control the board and then drop a, a a lock whale here, horned lock whale to just then it's a six six beater. I mean with that's the best part though is like you just throw in this ward two creature six six at the end of your opponent's turn and then you just go ham yeah the the the, the downside of it entering tapped if it's not your turn oh, oh no you're not blocking but you're flashing it in you're saving your mana you you're it's giving you your yeah. option so you can it then. just plays around the same concept as everything in the deck game which was as a control player you want to play during your opponent's turn yeah you want to see what they're doing yeah. have your mana up and then react to that i and think i think a big thing for Greg's deck though too is like he he really heavily utilizes up the beanstalk in this deck just because like not only is it a cantrip for itself when it comes into play but like all these big fucking spells and all these spells that have like big mana that you can pump into them like it just gets there for that it's kind of nice to see it yeah and just an enchantment that cantrips itself you know I mean what else would you want to do <laughs> why not draw more cards but uh that's the top eight there. That's like the breakdown of the decks, the top yeah. eight. And, and like I said, Jean Emmanuel de Praz. Yeah. The pre? The Praz? The Praz. The Praz. I'm pretty sure it's Praz. I don't know. If I'm wrong, Jean, just, just tell us. We're idiots. We can do it. We'll make it there. <laughs> what? Niv Mizzet? Yeah. Danny's getting on us. That's not Danny. Yeah. He, he types in exclamation point Niv, and then Nightbot says, get back on track already. Oh. A bot for that too? Yeah, Danny set that up. Nice. Yeah. Anywho, that's what top eight for worlds is. I'm still looking for train ground stuff, so there we go. Well, <laughs> let's jump into the news bit here of god damn everything. We gotta we gotta like lightly touch on this stuff. We'll fly through it, we'll dive a little more into next week, but we'll hit the highlights because you know we're what just about the upcoming events. Oh oh my god, we didn't even get past that. Here. I will run through upcoming events really fast. Okay. Okay. Oh my. So upcoming events we have, which you did this in wrong order personally because it's not by timeline. Oh my god! Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm just letting you know. I'm flipping it. (laughs) All right. So upcoming events we got at Paradox and RCQ on October seventh. Starts at eleven a.m. for deck registration and everything. It is a modern event. Uh, We have. same prizes with oh okay yeah this is where it gets a little messed up anyways uh we're not gonna worry about the prize stuff not a big deal we'll talk about it another time because we'll probably talk about this next week anyways price for entry 39.99 um we then will have a j-dubs rcq on the 21st starting at noon which i would assume you got to be there by 11 yeah for entry for for all that uh entry fee is gonna be a little bit more for this one it's 50 dollars Prizes are the DreamHack RC invites and the Death Shadow and offer you can't refuse along with prize packs given out according to attendance. 
And with the fifty dollars, it's because you get more packs. There, he's put. There's more pumping for packs for that one. Yeah, if okay. I'm not mistaken, there's more. There's more packs. Uh, on there's on, no like random like, uh, things we had in the past where it's like, play set of. Uh, uh, fetch lands or whatever it is. No, nothing at Jado's Nothing like that. that. They both are given the pin, the DreamHack pins as well and stuff. Yeah, but no, uh, I think the prize. Uh, I think the base amount of packs Jado's is giving is more, okay. and then the rest is based on attendance. Okay, well that's fine, and that's not a big deal. That's not a big deal. Um, both will have a cut to top eight and everything else, and both have uh, two, or does Jado's have one? I think I know for sure. I know Docs Paradox. Paradox. Two. Paradox has two all the time for theirs. J Dubs doesn't because they're not premium. Okay. I think the only so, thing that's holding that back is they don't. They're not premium. Josh doesn't want to go premium because whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Be. It's not a big deal. You don't have to go premium if you don't want to go premium. It's yeah. not a big deal. Point is, so between between those two dates, there are three opportunities to get there if you want to. Me, on the other hand, I'm gonna try. <laughs> so I'm gunning. We're going to go. I'm gonna be there for both of them, no matter what. I got it in my calendar. Uh, I'm trying to convince Matt to come to the RCQ for Paradox. We might get him there. I don't know. Otherwise, I'll see him there at J-Dubs. And then there's another cool event that's going on at J-Dubs, which is J-Dubs Draft and Drinks. A new J-Dubs event announced this week we will touch on quickly here is their booster drafts and drinks during ValleyCon on October 14th at 6 p.m. J-Dubs is going to be a vendor at ValleyCon, which is the FM area's premier convention slash festival celebrating popular culture and the sci-fi slash space theme things. And they are putting on a Wilds of Elgin draft event at the Holiday Inn across from West Acres Mall. $20 will get you into the draft and one paid drink. There will be at least a $5 cover at the door so you can enter ValleyCon to get your draft or get to the draft, but ValleyCon is also worth checking out too. So... Yep. Kind of cool things for upcoming events. Uh, yeah. So now we're going to go into the news. And just to give you a little tastelet. Tastelet. I like that word. Tastelet. It's not a real word. No one knows it's a real word. No one's going to agree it's a real word. But we're not going to talk about this week. But you should probably come back for next week because IHOP's got some big things going on. Yep. Dealing with, again, the Planeswalkers. Yep, yep. So we're going to go. Back over to Worlds. <laughs> okay, where do you want to start? Do you want to start uh, Lost Caverns? I think it'd be... Ouch, my nose. Maybe maybe we, we'll we touch on Lost Caverns. Maybe we'll save that for next week because there's a lot to unpack with that and all the, the stuff coming in the packs. <laughs> what? Yeah, You're going to make me wait for dinosaurs too? Yeah, it's just going to help you guarantee you come back here next week to talk about it. Otherwise, you're going to implode. Dinosaurs. Okay, let's start at the top quick. Let's get this thing going. Okay. First off, you didn't go to the Middle Earth part. Get that over with fast. Middle Earth has a lot there. because We don't only... need to talk about a lot of it. We just need to talk about the main key piece. Okay, well, let's go to the main key piece. Well, first off, they're having a, a jumpstart booster with that, which is a big thing. What was that thing about token? They finally adding some tokens we're missing or something? I think so. We'll click on that here in a hot second. So for okay. the holiday release, they're continuing the Lord of the Rings Tale of Middle Earth, as we talked about before. Mid-November is when it's coming out. Yep. Currently, the date is set for you can pre-order them online do, 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 do. holiday release november 3rd there we yep. go so the cool thing about this is they released new arts that are coming out for it's their, the it's the rest of the the, the fancy uh, panorama stuff right yeah the fancy panorama the the scene cards the scene oh, yeah 
it's the panorama scene picture cards. So like everything we had before, which was the party, and we had the big battle uh, for Middle Earth that was on Pelennor Fields and stuff like that with the 15 cards and everything, or 18 cards? I think it was 18 cards. Yeah, 18 cards, three by six. Um, yeah, so it's all of that. Um, these new ones uh, are all commander only cards. Yeah, they are not going to be modern. So, so no one has to worry about expensive. I mean, well, they're going to maybe expensive, but mainly commander. So panorama. if you're all, yeah, I said panorama. Oh, did you? Okay, yeah, that's how Danny said panorama. I'm like, ah, oh, that's okay. yeah, panorama picture cards. So, anyways, um, pass this, man. This is that special Lord of the Rings collector booster box. Slightly peeved about this, but I'm still going to say it. We'll just mention it quick. They're also bringing out a special collector booster box edition version, which is supposed to be the old, uh, I don't fucking know what it's called. Um, the, it's, they do like some old art stuff. But so with the cooler stuff, though, what we're getting, uh, we're getting all these panorama ones. So like they're going to have, um, I'm trying to remember what it was, like something about like there's 20, 26 new cards I think they're going to have. But it's like all commander stuff because like you're gonna get all the cards for the yeah start the, these ones the might of Gladriel, Aragon at Helm's Deep six six Gandalf six. in the Pelennor Fields and Flight of the Witch King so it's twenty four because aren't they by two by three or aren't these these are the six scene cards so two by three yeah yeah so yeah we're getting twenty four brand new cards for and- commander. Uh, not including the ones that are coming in, uh, some of the new stuff coming in, um, the jumpstart as well. But that's yes. But the the, the thing about uh, the might of Gladriel, the Argon or Argon at Helm's Deep, Aragon at Helm's Deep, Aragon's at Helm Deep. They are give so you're getting the packs with the six cards, but there's also gonna like to have the cards with the magic pack. But they're yeah. gonna give you art cards so you can have the panorama displayed, and it comes with its own little easel. Yep, I'll probably buy one of each of these. Why not? Looks pretty cool. It's a nice little... I mean, I think it's, it's great. A, it's a novelty. I I think so. I mean, I'll get the cards, plus I'll get the art cards, so fucking why not? Go for it. So scene cards from these were a huge hit with fans and the Magic team alike, and it's easy to see why. The cards bring together tons of characters, moments, and locations, so these yep. scene boxes is what they're called, scene boxes. Let me tell you, I am a little sad about like that they're not modern legal because just of Legolas's quick reflexes that'd be a great i know card there, in modern there's a lot of good cards that would be great but, but they, legacy in fact man there you go a lot of these can be used for legacy and once again commander so i mean that's really important yeah um but yeah so you, like i said you're getting you're getting 24 new cards from here jumpstart's going to give you a few more uh there's a cool rampant growth that you get for something coming yeah. for this event, too. If you head to your local game store for a special play events themed around the holiday release, you can receive a rampant growth promo card that's based in Middle and then Earth. What was the stuff that was up top there with like the ring race and all that? Yeah, so... That was the only thing I think we really need to talk about because that's pretty fucking cool. There is new borders here. And then there's also a secret lair coming around this time too, right? Yeah, there's a secret lair coming or around Sauron. this time. There's some reprints and stuff coming here. They yep. show Pact of Negation, Seasons Pass, and Sylvan Tutor getting yeah. put into this set. But uh, scroll showcase scroll of Middle Earth. 
So we're bringing the experience of reading your well-loved copy of Lord of the Rings to magic with showcase scrolls of Middle-earth treatments. The treatment highlights card artwork made to made in homage to classic depictions of Middle-earth while adding a striking background for the card name and text. So examples of this, Orcish Bowmasters, the One Ring. It's very scroll. It, Aragorn the Unifier, yeah. Aragorn the Unifier. Scroll. Like, it, imagine... It, uh, if you... If you want to kind of imagine this without going to look at it, it's something a little different but similar to the second conspiracy set when they had their draftable cards. Ooh, yeah, that's a good they, one. They kind of did. They that, did huh? like a scroll thing too, except theirs was more like reading a uh, a ruling of law type scroll versus this is like you're opening a scroll to read information like from the movies and stuff, and they're showing that. Yep. So it's they're cool. I don't know if I really need a one ring. And also, like, how do I get these, Matt? Like, where do these come out of? Is this stuff out of the collector, special collector box or something? Uh, They are going to be, according to this, there's also Nazgul's and Gandalf the White. Uh, You have to go up. I don't think that's... Where can I find it? Wait, wait, there it is. But these are the surge foils. Showcase, scroll, Middle Earth. Collector, collector booster. Okay, the special. special so yes, so the special edition collector booster box. Besides having the old style uh, art design that they're going for in there, they're going to have scroll versions in there as well. Yep. I wish they would show us actually some of like the olden style. Uh, what do you call it? Like the design for um, what the collector booster box is supposed to look like. Like you just see the front of the box, which has like. A dude fighting, like you have uh, the Witch King on, it's Nazgul fighting, I would assume, I can't think of her name right now, uh, but the daughter of Rohan, maybe, or is it, I don't fucking know. You're the asking point is, the wrong I know, I'm person. asking the wrong person in this situation. The point is, I just want to know what these cards look like. I don't care about anything else right now besides knowing what these fucking cards look like besides that art piece. Like, my whole thing is, you know, like they're gonna have those in there, which is fine, but I don't think they've showed anything for what those cards are gonna look like yet. But I mean, the scroll edition is pretty cool, unless this is the entirety of the of the of the collector thing is just it's all scroll. It looks like it. Yeah, but those are all just rares, though. There's uncommons and uncommons and rares. rares. So you're telling the, the, the showcase. me. Uncommon. That the special edition is just putting parchment paper on my pictures. Yes. Yes, right. There's Bill the Pony. I already have Bill the Pony. Dawn of a New Age. I already have Dawn of a New Age. I already got a lot of these cards. Uh, I don't need scrolls. The thing, okay, I'm not a big complainer about stuff either, but like the one thing that kind of bothers me about these scroll cards, though, is like oh, the pictures are very like... like I don't know. It's like they, they a weird. Look, they look from the novel. They put like a filter over them. It's a lot of the same art. Oh my used god! From Lord of the Rings, and this they just put not... like a filter over it. Okay. To make it look like it's from the the book. I'm just throwing this out there. These better not be that expensive of boxes because this is not worth it. You you want to know? <laughs> Do you really want to know? I mean, if you want to make me mad, you sure could. Yeah, let's make you mad. Here. You want to tilt me? I'm getting tilted already from the fact that I just don't find it to be that great. The pre-orders for this can be found on Amazon, and I know that there is a link. Oh, why? 
So we gotta go. Gotta go the long way here. Amazon. Rings. I mean, if you want to try to get more Uckish Bowmasters, it's the way to do it. Or if you want some other cards, but like, I just don't, I just don't think that's worth it. That's not one, bad though. One scene box, fifty bucks, or All you scenes. get a bundle for one hundred eighty. <laughs> the box is three hundred and forty bucks. Why? Why is it that much money? There's nothing special about this box. Yeah, because this is the only way for you to get the stuff aside from the scene thing you're buying these collector booster packs but here's my problem i have though like what is first off before you go anywhere check go go look for a collector can you please go look for a because here's the thing these boxes don't have any of the soul rings in them okay they do have some serialized cards as they who the show. fuck cares no, they're serialized lands like yeah. big fucking deal the cabinet of souls oh fucking cry me a river <laughs> and they got them in surge foil one who, of a hundred who gives a shit uh, Surge Foil uh, version of the Showcase Ring Treatment Borderless Rare or Mythic Rare or in the new Scene Box Borderless Scene card. They're also bringing back Realms and Relics box toppers. You'll be able to find Surge Foil's versions of the Beloved Magic reprints Once with again, Lord of the Rings flavor I, with serialized 100 versions of each card. Who the fuck cares? This is not even cool compared to like the Soul Rings and the One Ring. So, once again, I don't really fucking care about that part. Waste of money. So what am I supposed to look up? Price I wanted you just to look on TCG Player what a box of regular collector booster box for this, for Lord of the Rings is going for. Because there's still serialized rings out there. So I'm just wondering, what's a box of Tales of Middle Earth? I just want to know what a collector booster box is right now. Just on, just on the air, tell me what it is. Lord of the Rings. Tales of Middle Earth collector booster box. Rings. Rings. Oh my god, learn to type, Matt. Lord of the Rings collector booster display. Yep, that's what it is. What do you think? What do I think? Well, it's probably still around 300 bucks. Almost 400. Wow, it's going back up again. Current, yeah, dipped down, topped out uh, over the summer at 450. It yeah. had a significant dip to 375 here at the end of July, beginning of August, and starting to pick back up. All right, what's the first one? Show me. Three ninety eight twenty nine. Yeah, those are the cheapest ones. Fuck. Last recent sale history: three eighty seven, three eighty seven, three ninety one, three ninety one, three eighty seven. That just means people are still hunting for those soul rings, which is fine. Or any, yeah, any of those. I mean, that's just really what it is: the soul ring. Soul like ring is good. the the non serialized and the serialized version of soul rings are very rare to get. So, because like the math was done, well, I did the math one day <laughs> between. Between all three different variants, or between all, technically, six variants of soul rings, because you have serialized and non-serialized, there's still less than uh, less than 18,000 copies in the world. Which is significant. Yeah, that's really small. Compa- like Compared I mean, to the millions and millions of cards that get printed at it. Yeah. Time. How many times soul rings have been reprinted, you know? I mean, I get it's the same thing with the serialized. I mean, I get it. The serialized lands and things like that whatever they're gonna and surge foils it's it's gonna be well, it's gonna be a commander price all right that's what we're gonna say for it not but a commander I mean, price commander i like that I yeah like that a lot. so it's gonna commander price anyways we're moving on to the next stuff okay that's so, the only thing we're talking about lord of the rings we're done with lord of the rings i think the horse has been beaten enough with it let's just move on to the first look of ravnica remastered real fast so uh, yes we'll save excellent for next week we'll just <laughs> mention them 
tidbit. Ravnica Remastered is the remastered set of pu- pulling all Ravnica sets into Ravnica one draftable. number one, which was City of Guilds. You had... Uh, Dissension. Dissension. You Guild had Guild Pack. Pack. You had Return to Ravnica. You had Dragon's, Dragon's Maze. Maze. You had... Why do I always forget the middle one all the time? Return to Ravnica. Gate Crash. Gate Crash. Dragon's uh, Maze, Gate, Gate Crash. Gate Crash, Dragon's Maze, and then you had uh, Ravnica Allegiance. Allegiance, and then it was Guilds of Ravnica. Guilds of Ravnica. And then we were at War of the Spark. And War of the Spark. So nine sets. Also, plus, it was stated on the uh, the panel that there that there's also a chance for Ravnica themed cards that were like from commander decks that weren't actually in the sets to be in this yeah to be in this i can't think of an example they didn't give an example of like so if a card from the plane desert master the bridge will be in this right maybe but that kind (laughs) of a thing like in a commander deck if there's a commander deck that like one of the new legends in the commander deck was like oh they're from from ravnica they're originally from ravnica but they didn't make it in a ravnica set has a chance to be in here i don't know which one it is so there's going to be that I mean, personally, like to me, like this is a set. This remaster set gets me more excited to want to buy it. I mean, Dominaria remaster was great and all, but like, I was at a point of like, I own like eight fucking Force of Will, so like, that was the only card. Wow, just fucking dropping your dick on the table there. Like, ah, look at my collection, eight okay. Force of Wheels. That's I'll right. counter all your shit. That's right. I had to. You're a blue mage. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but no, I mean, like that was like the only chase card out of there. And then I knew, like, and I was right. I mean, I knew that uh, I could just wait a while and get myself a playset of foil Urzas that were borderless because they have the thopters on them and stuff like that. So it's like, I don't know. Dominaria Remaster wasn't one that I was, like, super stoked about I need to get. But this is one that I am. Oh, now we're going to go to Dominaria Remaster. Yeah, I just got to take a look and see... Force of Wills, Vampiric yep. Tutors, There's I got a Vampiric Sylvan Library, uh, Enlightened Tutor, Yogmoth. Okay, yeah, then it okay, drops so off just, significantly price-wise. So just scroll it back up, stop. So basically it was Force of Will, Vampiric Tutor, Urza's Incubator, and Sylvan Library were the only cards that were really big because even Enlightened Tutor isn't that expensive anymore. Yeah. But, like, so, I mean, I'm not saying this is a bad set to have. Apparently it's really fun to draft, too. It is really fun to draft. I've heard of that a lot. But, like I'm saying, though, is uh, this wasn't a set, though, that had a lot of cards I wanted. You know what I'm saying? Fair, like, fair. Like, I I picked up one Vec Pyrrhic Tutor. Okay, cool. You know, I mean, I still don't own a Sylvan Scrying, but at the same time, like, I don't need one. There's a lot of good cards, though, that Commander players want from this. Here's like, you're thing. not going to be I'm sad not, if you get an Exploration. No, I'm not, tomb, I'm, not arguing, I'm not arguing that this wasn't a good set for reprints. I'm just saying for like myself personally, like I wasn't going to buy a box of this. Okay, fair. That's fair. my point I'm making. The other one, Ravnica, I could see myself buying a box of this or two just because those Shocklands, bro. Oh, my like, God. So. I'm not going to lie. I always can use more Shocklands. So we'll, we'll, I guess we'll start off there. So the remastered set is, as we were saying, taking all those sets, putting them into one draftable set where you could buy the box. The highlight currently that most people are hyped about are the Shocklands. The big thing is they have the art from Dissension Guild Pack and Ravnica. Yes, the they have the OG art, which is fucking awesome. And I'm a huge fan of that. I'm a huge fan of that art because I have a lot of stuff from the second set's art 
and I have a, I of course I have a, so I have a majority of my collection of Shocklands are from the second set, just because like back when I was playing, like I wasn't like it wasn't a big thing to have everything right away because you weren't you know as a kid you're not thinking about this, and then of course when the new round came out, I right away I was like, well, I mean they're gonna be cheap, so I'll just get another fucking place set every single fucking Shockland again, which I did, but I still own which my highlight of myself. Is I still own a playset of Sacred Foundries that I got from the OG set of Guilds of Ravnica. I have one Dissension Hollowed Fountain, and I think that's it. I used to have oh Temple Garden. I have a I have a OG Temple Garden. Otherwise, I had a breeding pool that I ended up getting rid of back in the day, and there was something else I had. I think it was a stopping or something. But like I said, then the back then didn't didn't know how popular it was going to be because we didn't have modern then you know and then when i did get rid of like my brain pool i got rid of it during the fucking time when modern just started so no one really fucking cared but no and the other thing that's really nice is they have the old the retro border <sighs> the retro border so with the good. same old dissension arts yep guilds around a block art and oh boy they are fancy as fuck they look beautiful but if you want fancier than that they also have a borderless version. Yep, borderless version of all of them. Different arts. The thing about these, people who play Moto would be familiar with this art because this is Moto art that was pr- uh, printed for an event there that they did coming in paper now. Oh, cool. So, th- yeah, there, there's that. So all 10 Shocklands are getting printed in here. So honestly, like just that alone. I mean, I'm excited. And the best part, too, is the symbol. The symbol is like a a, com- a combination of like all three blocks. I mean, technically the last one wasn't a block, but it was a block. Yeah, that's the Return to Ravnica. That's uh, that's from the original Ravnica, and then that's from Allegiance or whatever. Yeah. Well, no, the one on the left side is from the original Ravnica. Oh yeah, yeah, there we go. The one in the middle is from the newest stuff. And then that one. That one's from Return to Ravnica. One of them. Okay. But anyways, point is. This is fucking exciting, and then also too, don't don't forget. Uh, so we get we get a regular draft booster box for this, and a collector box. Yes, are the two options. Yep, draft and collector. So, uh, and what when do we get to have this beautiful thing? So previews start December nineteenth for Ravnica Remastered. Friday Night Magic and in store play events start January twelfth, and the global release is also January twelfth. Nice. And then we also get some kooky, cool-looking cards, too. Yeah, so the other, the kooky, cool-looking cards are people really like the anime-inspired cards. And so Wizards <sighs> is at it again, making more anime-inspired cards. They showed off Tomic to, uh, dis- Distinguished Advisor. <laughs> advisor. They have Massacre Girl, but I think the most important one. Oh, my God, the cutie. Flibble Thip the Lost. Oh, my God, right? Okay, I'm going to say it right now. That's the only anime one I want. That Flibble Thip is best. I like the Flibble Thip. Uh, Cranko Mob Boss, Birds of Paradise are the ones that they've shown here in, currently in the anime style. And from the that under... Bird, that bird looks fucking sick in that anime style. It does. See, okay, so like, here, here's my thing about anime stuff. The Fibble Thip, the Cranko, and like the birds, I'm okay with. Massacre Girl, you know. But then I get to like Tomic, and I'm just like... I don't know. Even maybe Massacre Girl. I, I don't know. It just to me, it's like the humanoid watch what, stuff. Like watch what you say tired. about Massacre Girl. She can massacre you. I know she can massacre everything on the field until it's dead. I'm just saying. Like I don't know. I'm just so over the anime stuff. Like I just want to like do something different. 
Yeah. <sighs> Available only in Ravnica Remastered boosters, collector boosters, borderless anime cards, showing off returning favorites from Ravnica with unique anime-inspired books. So you can only get the the anime cards and collector boosters. Surprise to the surprise of no one. True. It's not like this uh, Wilds of Eldraine that we had, because you can get those in set boosters. I just love the art for Fable Tip. Just taking a look here. Just so much like destruction, <laughs> dragon shooting, fireballs, crazy shit going on. In the and sky. he's trying to read a fucking map on top of a cracked egg. It's great. <laughs> and other things of. Oh, some legendary creatures as well getting the old Porter treatment Massacre Girl, Crank of Mob Boss, Birds of Paradise, Aurelia, Exemplar Justice of Justice, and Niv Mizzet Perun all getting the retro Border treatment as well. It's shown off here. Yeah. No, this will be this will be a great set, and like I said, I this is one where I would be down to buy a draft box as much as I'd also be down to buy a fucking collector box. So it does look good. All right, all right. So we're gonna save the Ixalan for next week here because there's so much with Ixalan. First off, I guess we'll we'll leave a little teaser with you. They're Let's, doing neon print cards again. They're bringing it back. Uh, we got to see Jeff Goldblum on a card. Yep. He's the fly. And also the big known character from Ian Malcolm, the chaos station. Yeah. So uh, showing off there. So they're showing got- off their Jurassic Park cards, which is similar to like the Transformer cards from Brothers War. Um, got a little bit of history of what's going to be happening there. We saw the art for the Planeswalker of the set, which is Quintorius Caned. Canned yes, we're finally. I'm so happy that he's getting a fucking Planeswalker spark. There's like. Just- because that was a big talk about it. Like they, everyone thought he was gonna be getting his spark during March of the Machines, and I'm assuming that's probably like his one art card where he's like in the blue card, or whatever, doing whatever it is. That probably was where his spark triggered. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing with the story, but like I'm so happy to see him actually be a Planeswalker finally, because he's one of the characters that I was really excited about. So we got a lot of Ixalan stuff to talk about next week. And What's I think up with Sahili there? Sahili's gonna be in the set as well. Oh. But not, that means not, not a planeswalker. She but that is means officially she, she lost. She lost her spark too. Yep, she's desparked. Watley is desparked. Also going to be in the set. Kellen's in the set. God well, damn. Well, first, gonna... off, well, first off, remember when we talked the story? Were you here for the episode? Or did you listen to the story-based episode? Kellen's like the main character that we're going to be following, following for, for the next. Yeah, yeah. Years. I remember this. I just, I just like started laughing. I was just like, he's going to be in every. They weren't kidding when they said it. They weren't kidding. Um. Oh. I feel like we should we should say the most important thing about reprints. Oh, you want to talk about the the one land? I don't give a fuck about that land. Oh. I'm just kidding. I I will we'll mention it. Okay, so Cavern Souls is that is, the, is that the thing that you want to no, say? No, it's it's past that. But we're just going to talk about Cavern Souls quick. Oh, so dear. Cavern Souls is getting reprinted in standard. Fairy decks rejoice. Every fucking tribal deck rejoice. Typal deck whatever. Uh It'll be one of the neon cards. Can be. It's not going to be only a neon card. I said it's one of the neon cards. One of. Okay, okay. I didn't say the only one. So, but the more exciting part of news is that they're doing some, like, uh, what what do they call it? Like, uh, if you go up, it, I think it mentions it. Special guests. Special guests. So they're doing a thing called special guests. And the most important thing which will still not bring the price down of this card, is they're going to do Mana Crypt. And Mana Crypt is also another one that's getting the neon treatment, or the color treatment, 
like I said, we'll talk more about this next time. But I'm really excited to see that Mana Crypt is getting a reprint finally, even if it's at it a... Was Double Masters 2022 the last time it got reprinted? Officially uh, now? Uh, uh, Recently? When was the last first? Time? The last time it got reprinted was the original uh, Double Master set. Not the 22 one. It's been a long fucking time. The card still is holding strong at close to 200 bucks. Okay. Keep it's talking. stupid. So anyways, this is exciting that it's getting a reprint. It's not getting a fucking... Yeah, Double Masters. Last fucking time it was reprinted. Stupid. Like I said, and what is it still holding? 200 yeah. bucks almost. So, and that's for the Borless one. So the regular one, like a Mystery Booster or whatever one, it's like I said, it's between 100. $180 to $200 for a fucking mana crypt still. Granted, this is a card that is only played in competitive EDH. But competitive. I know, competitive. Competitive. It's a level seven. Or it's a power seven. It's a power seven. It's a, it's a seven. Personally, if it was me and I was at Wizards, I would find a way to fucking reprint the shit out of this card just so that it would drop in price. Oh, but that means that you know they, they're they not able to pull it out to really sell packs at another point. I have know. it be the chase card. Fuck that. They need the chase card. Well, they're they're doing a good job at uh, reprinting camera souls in the ground now, because this is what the Big second time in a year that we've seen camera souls in a reprint. Yes, third, I think. Because did third, it, didn't it get um, didn't it get a reprint in? Well, it's getting another reprint in. Well, uh, Lord of the Rings had it. Lord of the Rings. Well, yeah, later now, this year. Yeah, and it's getting serialized, and it yeah. was in Lord of the Rings. Oh, well, I gotta look this up. You look that up. Yep. Point is though, um. That's exciting. Special guest is really exciting because I think it's really awesome that they're bringing, um, what is it, a bunch of, uh, oh wow, Double Masters twenty twenty two was the last time, and then it was Lord of the Rings, and then it was Lord of the Rings, yeah. Oh, um, it got the Zendikar, uh, the Zendikar box topper was the one before yeah, the second that. time Zendikar, the second go around Zendikar. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Like I said, special guest is really exciting. Um, Standard-wise, though, this is exciting. Pioneer gets Cavern Souls now, finally. So if there's any tribal decks in Pioneer that want something, it's really great. Um, they're also doing some other play stuff with Ixalan. So it's exciting. Ixalan is going to be exciting. We'll talk about it next week. And then, of course, I'm really excited to talk about Hawatli for that one because it's going to be a new commander I'm probably going to run. And, you know, for... Having de-sparked Planeswalkers, I would like to see them do more with like what they do with Hawatley that we'll tell you about next week. Yeah. So tune in next week. Yeah. So let's, what's the next thing? Uh, just, again, tease you for next week. There's a new secret lair that has a lot of cool stuff coming out. The Spooky Drop 2023 is what it's called. It's going to go on. Spooky Drop. It's going to go on sale uh, after next week's episode when we talk about it. October 3rd, I think, is when it goes on sale. But it has... A lot of cool cards that we'll talk oh, about. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Welcome to the show. Oh, boy. That's a lot of world news. We didn't even, again, we didn't even cover everything there. No, there's just a lot. It, we're going to be parsing through this for the next week or two, and hopefully you stick tuned through all of that. But let's move over to the Contra Currency section. Yeah. Where we play everyone's favorite game, uh, Contra Currency. This, uh... Weekly winners. It's my turn to play. Matt, my turn to play. I get to read you, or you read and I? Nope. You're guessing. You read, I guess. Okay. So you want me to turn around my back to this? (laughs) I'll go to to my phone. Well, I I mean, I don't want to make it so it's harder that your phone just takes forever to do. 
Or See, I is your it. phone better than my phone? I think now? I think my phone is better than your phone. Well, your phone's better because your phone probably actually hooks up to your Wi-Fi versus mine. Mine likes to think about once in a while. I mean, yeah, which is unfortunate for you. It makes me mad. Not gonna lie. Okay, so weekly winners is an amazing article written over at mtgstocks.com. They talk about cards moving up and down in price, and we're playing a game out of it because you know we like to do that. First card we have ghoulish impotence. Go on. Go ahead. Give us this give us the rundown of it. It is black two for an enchantment aura enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus one plus one and has death touch and is goaded. When enchanted creature dies, return ghoulish impetus to the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step. This was printed in uh the Commander Masters. It was the Obzon uh, enchantment deck. Yep. Uh Four dollars ninety nine cents, uh, increase of one hundred and thirty eight percent. And then does it also? It has a a non foil extended it, art version, it right? It does have a non foil extended art version, but we're just talking about the regular, the regular, the one that comes out of the deck. See, uh, well, format wise, it's probably Commander. Settling on Commander. I mean, like, there's a part of me that wants to say it's Legacy, but I don't, I don't think there's a deck in Legacy that I've heard of yet. But then again, I wasn't on Magic this weekend, so I don't know. I'm gonna go with Commander, but I have a sneaky suspicion. It's mostly Commander players. Ooh, why is it Commander? Well, because go to keyword, and they're talking about how it kind of pairs well with Ereats of the Charmed Apple, and that's one of the new cards oh, yeah, yeah. from... the new Ereat, yeah. Uh, from Wilds Wild of Eldraine. Eldraine. So yep. that's getting played there, and it is also noted... Because her whole thing is like when a aura gets put in the graveyard or something. Yeah. Uh, each creature that's enchanted by an aura you control can't attack you or a planeswalker you control. At the beginning of your end step, each opponent loses X life, and you gain X life, or X is the number of auras you control. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's exciting. So for the Orzhov players. So that's the the gist of that one. And if Orzhov I'm not mistaken, I think it's uh, in the top 10 most uh, made decks on EDH Rec recently. Oh, nice, nice. So next card, Virtue of Persistence. We talked about this earlier. It is the Adventure Enchantments, Black Black 5. Beginning of your upkeep, put a creature card from your graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. And then it has Lockthwain Scorn, Black 1, Sorcery. Target creature gets Nag 3, Nag 3 till end of turn. You gain 2 life. It is now at 1385 and an increase of 65%. This does have a showcase version, but we're only talking about the standard version. Modern, right? Modern? 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 No, it's standard. Standard is mentioned, but also modern. <laughs> modern oh. before. And Pioneer. So it's a 3B. It's a 3B. The deck that they're showing here is a mono-black zombies deck in Pioneer that yeah, has that uh, as a way to recur creatures. Uh, it's just constructed all-star is what they're saying. Uh, but when unanswered, it can really snowball out of control. Okay. What about modern, though? When unanswered, it snowballs out of control? Yeah. I just I'm not seeing it for modern yet. Maybe I'm missing Pi- something. Pioneer standard. I mean, standard pioneer makes sense. And also, they mentioned commander here. It's like uh, maybe I'm not a com- I don't play a commander enough. But when I first saw this card, I immediately thought it'd be popular for that format. Well, I think it's great for that format in the 100%. sense of like you, you. Well, not only that, but like uh, graveyard recursion stuff. Like you can put it in a safe zone to keep it safe. 
for the big part of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably. I think I'll tell you right now. That is the one thing that I think a lot of people are missing more than anything on the a commander level and maybe some other like aspects of formats is like adventures having the ability to put stuff in a zone where it's untouched is huge. Like Fortel is another one I was that just I about think to say. You people, people forget about guy. that, you know, like, you know, cause originally it used to be like the big thing was putting stuff in your graveyard was a safe place. Now it's not a safe place anymore. Cause like there's a lot of graveyard shenanigans. So we got to hate on that. Right. Mm-hmm. So now we have, Someplace in exile, and that's where it's like, would be cool. I'm just thinking to myself, but would be really fucking cool is if they would bring back from Time Spiral, pull from Eternity. Yes. Oh man. And then also so. maybe a couple more cards that play off of that, so that way you can you know find a way to really irk on people that want to use Fortell or whatever, because that just direct puts it into the graveyard. So, little tidbit. We're moving on. What's the third one, Matt? Next up, we have Hilda of the Icy Crown. Blue, white, two for a 3-4 legendary human warlock. When you tap an untapped creature and opponent controls, you may pay one. When you do, choose one. Create a 4-4 white and blue elemental creature token. Put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control or scry to then draw a card. This card is now at $4 and had an 81% increase Again, this also has an extended art and other versions, but we were just talking about the standard version of this card. Um, I'm going to say Pioneer. I feel like it's wrong, but I'm going to go with Pioneer. You going to Pioneer? Locking it in? Locked in. Okay. Well, also Commander primarily is what's moving this one. Kind of figured. The Hilda decks are doing wonderful. It is one of the top in EDH rec getting its decks made. Uh, they talk about uh, Versity Circle, uh, bl- Blister Squall, Bluster Squall, and good old Opposition oh, as being, yeah. being the, uh, the the combo interaction there. So yeah. Commander decks, Opposition, Makes sense. Makes Blister sense. Squall, tapping and untapping. I was going to guess that or Pioneer, and I, I just maybe there's something cool in Pioneer. That'd be cool, but... You know what is cool? Some of these cheap pickups I'm going to tell you about right now. Oh, I need to get some cheap pickups. The Balrog Flame of Udon. Extended art. Udon? Udon noodles? Undone. Or Undone. Now you got me all fucked up. Two ninety nine. Moving up. This is the one that uh, when a legendary creature and opponent controls dies, put the Balrog at the bottom of its owner's library. It's a five mana, seven, seven with trample. Next up, Morphe on the Boundless, the printing from Commander Mastered, slowly moving down, nine ninety nine. Morphon. Morphon. Morphine? Morphine is a drug. Oh. That's not the drug you want in this situation. I mean, he looks very druggy. Well, he could be, yeah. You want to know one that's really druggy. Jace the Mind Sculpture is now at tw- under 25 bucks. Slowly moving down. The Eternal Masters printing of it. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> another, another amazing staple of... Olden days has fallen just like Snapcaster Rage. <laughs> but there you have it, Magic Folk. We'll just say check out TCG Sniper. They got you covered for all of your uh, price following needs there. Uh, mention the guys at This Weekend MTG sent you. You get three months free of their plus. Otherwise, you just get a free account. You get 50 products that you can enter in. Highly worth it. Check them out. Uh, now, do you have anything else you want to add to this episode before we hit the outro? And he is frozen. 
No, I'm just. <laughs> Are you still looking at the training grounds thing? No, I. That one's still. I'm trying to figure that out. That's hard to find out. I'll tell people about that in the Discord when I figure it out fully. I look forward to it. You, you got, got me all mad about the fucking Belrog thing. <laughs> of uh, Undun. Of Udon? Undun. Udon noodles. Yeah, not Udon noodles. Does it have teriyaki with it? It might have teriyaki. It looks a little spicy. Chicken wing, chicken wing. Got that again. Undun. Anyways. Balrog of Udon. <sighs> Matt the fuckface. Thank you all to thank you all you legendary magic folk for making it to the end of episode 204 of this week in mtg as we wrap up another episode we want to extend our deepest gratitude to you the incredible listeners of this podcast and the patreons as well your enthusiasm fuels our passion for all things magic gathering and we're honored to be a part of this vibrant community stay tuned for more exciting updates discussions and insights in the world of mtg now, until next time, may your mana be plentiful and your draws ever favorable. Keep gathering those magical moments. Congratulations! You made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much. Yes. Yes. And join the Discord, for God's sakes. It's a good time. Bye-bye.